Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last Rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, Southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And, and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. Welcome. I'm Sam Mays. And today we're talking to Mr. Wes Sims, Eddie Radostovich, the most influential man here in Oklahoma City, and Heisman Trophy winner, Jason White. You're Guys, welcome. how are you? Amazing. I'm great. Doing well. Thanks yeah. for having me back. Yeah. After last time, I didn't know if I was going to be invited back. No, it was good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah last we time. were influenced. Yeah, we smoked a lot of weed, <laughs> drank a lot of drinks. things Might have happened. We had to, uh, to get Jason in here as this the college football season has been pretty insane. You know, freshman quarterback and, and Norman, or redshirt freshman quarterback and Norman, and, and COVID and all the things. And I'm so curious, you know, from a quarterback's perspective, how you feel about Spencer Rattler and how he's proceeded. But, man, it's been a while since we kind of just caught up and, and had a conversation. How has 2020 kept you? Man, 2020 has been crazy as it is for everybody. But, uh, man, I, I hadn't missed a, a day of work. Uh, we we were essential, I guess. So uh, Air Comfort Solutions was open every day. So nice. that of side course of it, that's essential. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that side of it's been normal. But as far as everything else, man, it's been weird uh, just to go out in public, uh, you know, to – high school football games to even you know i do i do some private lessons for some high school kids and you know even their parents like hey my kid's not coming because we're worried about covid you know it's just it's just been a big change uh, all around so uh, it's been really weird i think here in oklahoma we probably experienced it a little bit differently than a lot of the major metropolitan areas here in the united states but it you know our way of life here as simple as it is, there's an openness and a freedom to it that's been kind of restricted, right? And you're talking about parents and private lessons and, you know, Eddie and I doing remotes in places and, and being out in public. I'm sitting at a casino every Monday thinking to myself, is this the right decision that I'm making? But I've got to go to work. And, and that's just kind of the narrative here. And really that kind of pushes into the football season. These kids, they had to go to work, right? I mean, it's just bottom line. Yeah, you know, that, that's one thing that's uh, probably really weird. You know, Wes went through it. You went through it, Sam. But – these guys didn't get to prepare like we got to prepare. Right. I mean, they get they didn't get a spring. They didn't get a, really get a summer. I mean, they did all this stuff on their own. I, I honestly figured you'd see a lot more injuries this year than anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, we would have loved to have prepared the way they prepared this year. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, inside right. of us. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have made our days a lot easier. Now, Jason, did you know Eddie before you got here? No. Okay, so Eddie is. The best way for me to describe Eddie would be I'm a nobody. If I would have, if I would have known Eddie's, Eddie would have been each one of our best friends in college, right? Cool as shit, you know, just that guy handles all the things. Hey, Sam didn't do it. I promise you, he was somewhere else. <laughs> I'll take yeah. the fall yeah. for Eddie's, this. He Eddie's, might, Eddie's absolutely might have, that guy. You might have judged me wrong here. I don't uh, know. I might have. Yeah, Eddie, but, but there's look, a party. Make it happen. Yeah. He's a he's a we media member, but uh, he's a you know he's a journalist, but he's one of us. You know, and that's sure. why Eddie kind of gets to hang out with the boys and. And, and do what we do here. But uh, so treat Eddie like you would treat any of us. There's no, there's no holding you back. Me. Yeah. Anybody and look, that's rocking the Masters old school road oh, yeah. hat, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you for got, sure. You can't. Got do. to. Yeah. Hanging out with Steely too much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He took me to the Masters last <laughs> year. Coming up on it now. What you have to do to get that trip? The what? What you have to do to get that trip? Work with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the time. I always think they do a little extra at the time. No, I mean, I, we were doing the show, and then uh, he was like, you want to go to the Masters? I was like, yeah, I want to go to the Masters. So, oh, of course. But then I had to it. come back on the Friday of the Masters. It, but we walked in and saw Tiger. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I actually went to the Masters. Uh, it's just I saw the par, trip. the par three yeah. tournament. Yeah. I got to see that. That was pretty cool. Uh, but one time's good for me. Yeah, I, uh, I have not had a chance to go. Um, but it's on the bucket list for sure. I can't decide if I want to go there or the Ryder Cup, right? I like to be loud and drunk. Ryder Cup would be pretty sweet. Yeah, Ryder Cup. you got to do both. That's, that's a little bit of a, a different but it would uh, be fun demo. to just yell America. Yeah. And mean on a it box, the right? whole time. 
They'll be back in 2021. I hope so. The Ryder Cup. Where is it coming up? Uh, well, I think that they it will be back up in Wisconsin in, uh, or oh, Minnesota. Here. Is it Minnesota? In uh, Whistling Straits? Yeah, Minnesota. Yep. Whistling Straits or Aaron Hills. I can't remember which one it was supposed to be at this year. That's it would have been a couple weeks man. ago. It's one, of those, it's one of those trips, though, that, you know, it, it's, it's a lot like OU Texas in a, in a way, as far as, like, that's the game that you need to go to if you're the fan. Uh, the experience of Dallas throughout the weekend or the experience of a Ryder Cup. Right. Has to be awesome. Eddie, well, with, Eddie with the awesome segue there. Go ahead. Yeah, that that didn't happen this last week, and there was no experience. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, I mean, look, I it was went the first down, time I didn't go down in 16 years. Yeah, so like in the last seven yeah. years, the franchise turned that trip into a it's a party, right? Sure. For all of us, and we have this big celebration at Nate's, and we're having a great time, and it's just one of those things where. You just expect craziness for three straight days. Like, my liver hurts for two days after I get back from that trip. So I had to go by myself this year. And usually there's yeah. like 15 of us. Yeah. And so I sat at Nate's. I did my show. There's a bunch of Sooner fans that still came in there. But it just wasn't the same vibe. Then you get to the fairgrounds on Saturday. And you walk in. And you're like, this is just the weirdest damn thing. By this time, usually, it's chaos. There's so been, naked without the yeah. fair there. Oh, there's been 20 fights. Right already, and people are drunk already, and you know there was some food out there, and there's some people congregating, but it just wasn't the same thing. What makes that such an iconic game? That atmosphere was just gone, and it really kind of set the tone for the for the day. Yeah, no, it's you know playing in it. One of the best things about it was driving into the fair on the bus, right? Yeah, and then actually leaving on the bus, like. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I loved whenever the Texas fans were beating on the bus and they didn't know who was in there. And then you give them the horns down and then like 50,000 people flip you the bird all of a sudden. Right. That's the best part. Yeah, I sat in the stands for the first time that I saw it because why wouldn't I, right? I'm I'm from Northeastern Ohio. I've been to Ohio State, Michigan. I love college football for what it is, right, at its core. And I sat there right at that end zone where they come running out of the tunnel and I had the greatest seats, and it happened to be that year where I feel like every touchdown was scored in that corner, and I'm just losing my mind. I got I got in all black, you know, neutral colors. I got to go to press box later. Just it was the greatest experience. Texas comes out with that big ass American flag, and it's like, how cool is that? OU fans lose their mind, right? Here come the Sooners, and their crowd goes nuts, and Texas fans lose their mind. And I'm one of the few people that didn't play for your Texas, I can say they experienced the same thing as I played Ole Miss in that situation. Yeah. Same, same split, right? It was go pokes on one side and that hotty-totty bullshit chant they do. <laughs> like, I don't, still don't understand it or what it means, but to play in that stadium... Flam, bam, bam, Ole Miss, goddamn. Yeah, yeah I think something that's like that. Yeah. Something like that. And, but to cover it and to be in the stands, it was awesome. And you just watch... I mean, as soon as you step on the field... So th- those kids, I feel like... They might have had their OU Texas experience. We didn't yeah. in the press box. Sure. You guys didn't do it, have it at home, but it's still a cotton bowl, right? It's, it's still different OU now Texas. that you don't but walk they, down there like with the Texas players, right? Yeah, right. used to. I mean, it, you would come out at the same time. Yeah, you guys would walk out of your locker room. Like here's the locker rooms. You'd walk out and you'd be facing each other, right. and you'd walk down the tunnel side by side, and there would be a line of security guards. But every year there was there was a fight. Right. Somewhere, absolutely, yeah. and so. But you know, one thing the kids did miss this year to run out on that field and see that stadium split right down the middle. Like that's one of the coolest experiences. Absolutely, ever. especially that, when you run out of the home side and you everybody loves you when you run out. You got all these assholes on the other side pissed off, but they're too far away for you to give a damn. So that's until awesome. you get there, and then you get <laughs> over there and you're like, ah, fuck, now I can hear them, but. Coming out, it's kind of it's a little bit of an advantage, and it's fun. Right, it's a lot of fun. Are you guys in the same boat as I am as far as that's not Texas football? Like I got on Facebook after that game, and I was like, I've had enough of this. Like the Texas teams that I played against and you guys played against were they were ninety five percent Texas kids on the roster one, and there was a whole lot of shit that came with them. I mean, mm-hmm. big, fast, physical, and there was this overwhelming pride about where they're from and the brand that they played for, and they had this chant and this sway that they did before they took the field. As a true freshman watching Casey Stutter and those boys take the field, I was like, no, this ain't for me. Yeah. I got to get back to Ohio. These, these dudes are way – I mean, Cedric Benson was 245. Ricky Williams was a, a massive player. Texas football was bigger than life. Oklahoma and Texas in general, like those were the – it's the flagships, right? The oh, yeah. national championships every single year. So I watch Texas now, and I'm like, y'all, how have you forgotten where you're from? The only one that I honestly could say is Ellinger. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy it. left it on the field, 
and he stands for what Texas football should be about. And but he's the only one. I agree. I yeah. didn't see anybody else. Kind of says everything about like the picture after the game with him doing the eyes of Texas. And I know that's been a huge, you know, controversy out of Austin of you know the last seven months. But it's like that team's not on the same page, and that's why Tom Herman's going to get his ass fired in right. a matter of three months because they aren't all on the same page. And from a guy that you know, after he beat Oklahoma in 2016 with Houston, and then he gets hired, I think there was a lot of people, you know, at least on the Oklahoma side, that thought, "Shit, this guy's coming." Yeah. He's going to recruit well. He's going to get guys. He has a little bit of that, uh, you know, that arrogance that Mac had a little bit. And it just, it hasn't come to fruition. And as it turns out, it's probably because he's a dickhead. But, I mean, it just it just never came together for him. And I don't know. I mean, we're now looking at a Texas program that has basically been non-existent for the last decade. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, you just don't have those guys. Those, I mean, I always call them pit bulls. Yeah, I mean, uh, you just don't have those guys on the team. I remember, you know, like guys like Derek Johnson. I sure, mean, Marcus line, Tubbs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you line up across from them and you look at them, and they're 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 cussing you. I mean, oh, they're yeah. saying something yeah. about your mom or your sister, or they're saying something. But you don't, you just don't have that anymore. Probably the best block in my life came against Derek Johnson, and the funny thing is, I didn't even block the guy. <laughs> like I took the perfect step. It was a three, you know, three, four defense. I had this wide open gap, and I'm sprinting to get to the outside to reach this, this linebacker. Right, Tatum's going to hit it the outside, and I remember diving, and I caught him, and I cut him, and I thought, oh my god, I got here. He was so. No one ever yeah. got there. We were chasing that kid around the field. It was yeah. terrible. He would he would do anything to get out of a fucking block. Oh yeah, he, he would. But dip, he was so dive, fast, duck, so he dive. would avoid the contact. Right. So I cut this kid, and there I see Tatum brush past me on the right, and I'm like, holy shit, he's going to score. Doesn't that dude somehow recover and then run up my back, dive and grab him as he was like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just with the fingertips and pull him down to the ground. I'm like, well, that was the greatest block in my life. I'm sorry I didn't spring you for a touchdown. Like, I mean, they just had dudes. Yeah. I mean, it might be as simple as just those guys that would go to Texas in you know, the early there. 2000s. They're going to Alabama. They're going right. to LSU. They're going to Florida State. Uh, the Marvin Wilson kid that's probably one of the best defensive tackles in the country this year is at Florida State, and they're not winning anything right <laughs> in, the last, yeah. in the last five years at least. So, And I think it, it, it really, just like you just said, it goes back to your recruiting. Sure. Like, people are relying on these uh, services um, to, for recruiting. They're relying on uh, you know social media for people to send them stuff. So, man, when I was being recruited, Coach Gundy was out in Tuttle at least once a week talking to somebody and not just me he was talking to my parents he talked to my friends my coaches right like what kind of kid he came and watched me play basketball right like you just don't see that anymore and just because you're a five-star athlete you should get to know that kid Agreed. like what kind of has he had to work for that or is he just god-given ability and just rolls with it so you know, I think that, that that's where it starts. And I think even Texas is going through those pains of, oh, well, you know, we got seven or eight five-stars. Right. I, oh. I think that, uh, for me, this is the solution for Texas. And it's going to be sound ridiculous to you guys, but tell me what you think. They need to go back to the high school fields. And, Eddie, you probably know better than any of us here. There's got to be a high school coach in the state of Texas that's been doing it for a long time, that's won a bunch of state championships, that's respected. I mean, there definitely all are. And hire that dude. The problem, I, I think the problem with that, though, is is in Texas, I, I think this is Texas' biggest problem. The head football coach isn't the most important person down there at Texas. As crazy as that sounds. It's yeah. the other 10 boosters that are paying the head coach's salary or the other 10 boosters that are going to eventually pay the buyout for Tom Herman because those guys are calling the shots, whether it be Red McCombs or uh, the Joe, uh, I, I can't remember his last name, uh, Jam Jamel, I think, is they just renamed a bunch yeah, of shit yeah, after yeah. him. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, there is so many. There's there's too many cooks in the kitchen down there. And the you know, I think because I think Chris Del Conte, the uh, athletic director down there, he's really good. He did he's a good job in. at TCU. Agreed. But let's be honest. We know who's calling the shots down there. It's all the alumni. It's the uh, big money donors out of Austin or Houston or Dallas, and those guys want they want to get it their way before they want to see the success of the program. And it's like I was talking to a buddy about this. Ohio State's in the same thing. They're the biggest school in the state. Everybody looks to Columbus for everything. But they have somehow, they have figured it out. To, and OU's done this to an extent. You take the biggest boosters and 
they still give you the money, but they're not looking to get their name in the paper when right. when OU has success or when Ohio State has success or whoever. Right, and that's because the program just tells you to fuck off. Yeah, basically. I mean, bottom line. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State will tell you, yeah, we're, we're not about that life. You can be a part of the program if you want to, but... Well, that's why it's, everybody it's calls Texas like the Sips or the... You know, they're a bunch of suits. Right. It's a bunch of suits money. Yeah. Well, it starts with, I mean, the, the reason it hasn't happened to Oklahoma is uh, Joe C. Yeah. Right. I mean, that guy's going to yeah. tell the booster, like, hey, this ain't your... You know, give us your money. We're not... Don't care your opinion. You're not... Absolutely. You're not. There's a hierarchy. Right. Yeah. And it's sure. easy to say... I mean, Oklahoma's one of the perennial powerhouses in college football history. Like, everybody's like, Sam, I don't know how you cover the Sooners. I'm like, well, one, I beat them twice. Two, it's one of the perennial powerhouses in college football history. Why wouldn't I want to cover this team year in, year out? Shots fired. You called yeah. me fat as soon as we got here. No, I didn't. <laughs> didn't you win, like, four times against them when you were there? Well, I played them I don't know how many times. So I had three yeah, in I, my five. As a, as a starter, I beat them twice. Well, yeah, as a starter, we were two and two. Yeah, well, two and I one. was two and one. Two and one. I I got hurt that first year. Ah, oh. well, it don't matter. So I think we both got the, hurt that first year. What yeah. year was that? So I won in I won in two and three. No, no, you oh, won in one. Three. No, yeah, three you was got a smoked in three. Yeah, bad. Fifty-two to nine. The only score touchdown we scored was a defensive end randomly. Was intercepted a a pass. It was an interception? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interception. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We, and Mike Stoops stopped me on the sideline and say, Thanks for blowing my shutout. Oh, <laughs> did he really? Yeah. I um Eddie, if I if you would have called me oh, before man. that game and said, All right, Sam, yeah, I've got some money I'm gonna put on this game. Yeah. I would have said, You bet your fucking mortgages on Oklahoma. Oh no. Bro, from the time I left the when I left the tunnel. There was an OU fan that had his six-year-old hanging over that, the I, That rail. was me. I was the six-year-old. And I was <laughs> that like, was me. My dad made me do that shit. And I thought, this is cool. He wants me to give the kid a high five, right? That kid loogied on me. I mean, from 10 feet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Walk out in the field. And at this time, you know, Corey Hilly was the right tackle as a true freshman. <laughs> I think I've heard this story. Oh, badass. Like, absolute badass. We probably one of the best right tackle, right guard combinations in the country that year. And fucking Dan Cody met Corey at 50-yard line, and he said some shit about his mother. And then it gravitated towards one of his pets. And I don't know. He called the pet by his name. And I'm like, this is like before people use Google. So how do you know what Corey's dog's <laughs> name is? And he's talking about, you know, effing this dog. And, like, Corey's, like, looking at me like, what, what do I do? I'm like, look, just don't make eye contact with him. Like, he shouldn't even be on the field right now. He was insane. Cody was insane. Yeah. Yes. First play of that game, I'll never Don't forget upset it. Him. No. First play of the game, all I remember is seeing Corey's left foot brush past the side of my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and then hearing the air leave my quarterback, and I thought, All right, yeah. we're in for a day. Here we yeah. go. Here we that go. was this, after back-to-back losses, this though. Was after so. back-to-back, and they were pissed. And that second loss, 1 and 2 they, they showed up to Stillwater, and Les was, you know, Les was – very good about making it just a game, right? These dudes are showing up here because they're being told that last year was a fluke and that they're that much better than you. And you would admit this. I know we give each other shit. But that little team in Stillwater those years, we weren't pirates. We were absolute pirates. Weren't yeah. big, weren't fast, but there were like 30 of us that could really fucking play that game. Yeah. And we took the field and Les called three counters in a row. And we took Tommy Harrison, dropped him in a safety's lap three times in a row. And Tatum Bell had, run, had got 35 yards in the first four plays. And I was like, this is over. They got. They're just not ready for it, right? And it, that, that next year, you want to talk about payback? That was one of the worst losses I've ever taken in my Came life. Came after it. Yeah, my mom, yeah. my stepmother was accosted in the bathroom by a fan. That was my dad this time. <laughs> I spit in your face, and my dad waited around. Yeah, man, that was a total beatdown for sure. But you know, in 04 was uh, that was a great game. Oh yeah. I mean, offensively for yeah, offensively for us, it was like we would score. Go to the sideline, y'all would score. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a back and forth, back and forth. Right. We ran two-minute drill before halftime, and we scored a touchdown and went up two. Mm-hmm. That was the, that's the deciding factor right there. Absolutely. Jason Ricks was a kicker at the time, and I remember that night he tried to go to the bar, and I was like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, you have one job, tie that bitch up so we can go back at him. Right? We had him. They were tired. They were moving. I mean, we, it was going to be a game in overtime. And he missed that 40-yarder, and I was madder than a whole. That's how I started hitting kickers. Like, you got one fucking job. You haven't got dirty today. Yeah, you we still would have scored in overtime. Yeah, so a are lot. we. Have. 
Well, I mean, we would have scored. A whole mess of yeah. scoring. They, they were, the way that you scored back then and the way that we scored, two different deals. Yeah. Jason's score was five plays. I'm yeah. going to go deep, knock it out. We were like 13 plays, yeah. 14 plays. We run. You know, it's you know. funny that as much things change in the game of football, it sounds basically about the same as it is in 2020. There's yeah. no doubt. You know? There's no doubt. Yeah, the old linemen are still pissed having to run like 75 <laughs> yeah. yards to yes. celebrate. Yeah. Because we got in trouble if we didn't celebrate sure. Chuck Long. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Coward would just He's call like, you out on the radio. It, you should be excited every time you get to the end zone. And we're like, we are, but motherfucker, I had to run 60 right. yards and I weigh 330. This <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah. I'll yeah. meet him over here on the sideline. Oh, Coach yeah. Long would always, uh, he would always tell me, and he would watch it on film too, and he would, it, I would have to say something to every single lineman on the way celebrating. Right. Yeah. And he if was I didn't, weird about it, man. If I didn't, I had to do bear crawls. Right. So it, it just became a habit of going one by one on their way down. It's, uh, the, the game is so much different in regards to the simple things like that, right? Like pay homage to your offensive line, let them know what's up. Yeah. I want to – I cover Putnam City North football right now, and I my job has prevented me – What a school. From doing it in the way – Eddie's alma mater, from doing it the way that I want to, right? It's I want to be hands-on and talk to the kids and get to know them. I haven't had a chance to do that yet this year because of COVID. But these kids – their quarterback will get sacked, and they do not pick him up Ugh. or, like, get around him to protect him, right? Sure. So the Lafferty kid is, like, talented. He's short, not fast, but accurate as all get out. And what you see is that game goes along, defenses start taking shots at this kid. And I'm like, it's your one job. I don't care where he's going. You follow him there. Yeah. Pick him up and protect him. And they just don't do it anymore, right? They just don't. In my neighborhood back where I'm from, you didn't surround your quarterback. Somebody was going to do something horrible to him. We were doing step that in 2005, arm, I guarantee it. Yeah. It was I mean, the worst thing in the world, picking your quarterback up off the ground after you just got a murder. Yeah, my right? bad. like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Sorry, one of my buddy. best stories about Adrian Peterson. You know, here, here I am. I think I was 23 years old. Adrian's, what, 17 as a freshman? God, it's and, just a horse. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he was in – I had to – his freshman year, he was struggling with a playbook, so I had to tell him, like, hey – you know, outside left or, you know. And anyway, we had a pass play. He was never in on pass plays, but he was in for some reason. He said, Jason, who do I got? And I said, you got 56 if he comes. If he doesn't come, look for somebody outside, but pick up the inside guy first. Well, both of them came, unfortunately. <laughs> of course. He picked up the outside guy, and the inside guy just lit me up. Right. Well, Adrian comes and he helps me. He's like, Mr. White, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I officially felt like a grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember the first time I let Fields get hit. We didn't even sacked. Got hit, and I got in a huddle. He nut checked me right there in college station. I mean, dropped me to my knees. Like you can ah. see it on the camera, right? He's like, You're not going to let that happen again, are you? I said, Nope. And literally didn't let it happen again for the next two years. Nice. Like, it's just, uh, there was a, used to be perfection around offensive line play, right? Like, yeah. guys didn't miss. Like, your guys, I guarantee you they grayed out in the 90s consistently back then. I had three penalties in eight years of football. And so I watch it today, and I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, offensive lines don't get penalized. Yeah, like, you just don't. But yeah. now it's like think, a part of it. That might be something that you see just as far as, you know, the way that they weren't able to get ready for a season. Because, I mean, a lot of the penalties that Oklahoma's had in Kansas State second half or Iowa State or, you know, they cleaned it up. I guess they're coming off their best game against Texas, but it was just lazy stuff. You're right. not moving your feet, or you're not, yeah. you're not trying to reach somebody. You're right. just trying to put an arm out. So I like think when, when I, we were in school, you had to block over 85%. Every game you had 80, 85% you had to block every plays, and you had to get 20 fucking knockdowns. Yes. And it didn't matter how you got them on the ground. You had to get somebody's ass on the ground 20 fucking times. Right. It was the most important part, right? Finishing yep. blocks. Finishing blocks and leaning on teams. And you saw from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, even though you guys were as good as passing the ball as anybody in the country those years, that running game was really what took the – it Always neutered is. the defense. Always yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, the running game was uh, – that, that made it so much easier on a quarterback for me. I mean, it just – you know, it went from dropping eight. Like when we played Texas Tech in 03, they dropped eight the entire game. It was terrible. Right. It was, it's horrible to throw, you know, against drop eight. But the game has changed so much just like – Eddie was saying that you, you got this hurry up offense now. You got nobody huddles anymore. Right. You know, so your penalties are obviously going to probably be a little bit higher because there's not as much communication. Right. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the time between snaps was about information, right? It was yeah. about 
gathering yourselves, getting ready for the next go. And I can't imagine running three run plays in a row as fast as offense has moved today, right? And I feel the same way about the defense for Oklahoma. All that stimming and slanting that they do, to me, with purpose, you do it a third of the time, I'm not waiting on it, right? right? You do it all the time, I'm waiting on it. And my brothers are waiting on it. And it's as simple as taking one big right step as a group and anything that you do, we're going to catch, and we're going to take your momentum and just push around. This is why Kansas State has so much success with Oklahoma every year. Yeah. It's because those dudes are just very comfortable and letting you run into them and then maneuvering you easily along the line of scrimmage. All you got to do is just block everything with the zone blocking scheme. Absolutely. And all that slant will take care of itself. Yeah, sure. bucket steps. I mean, technique is all matters of, with those Out things. of position. Yeah. The well, game I mean, has changed. Even the second half of the OU-Texas game this year, like you saw there was no pressure. Right. I mean – Stopped bringing pressure. You stopped. Um, you started going to that three-man front. I mean, it, you just didn't see any of the pressure anymore. That three-man front is not where it's at. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's dive into. It. We get 25 minutes of us just hanging out. Um, OU Texas. Oklahoma is not the team that we thought they were going to be to start this season. Let's talk about why real quick. Okay. I think that Lincoln Riley was a leader among men throughout the summer when it came to COVID. And it wasn't about that team. It wasn't about the university. It was about the kids. And I think the father in him, right, let me just do what is the most safe possible for these kids while we figure out all the information at the end of the day. And And I don't know that I would have been any different because of the unknown factor. Like, you just don't know. We're still talking about what the residual effects of COVID might be on an athlete. Or on a human. And the world of, the world of lawsuits and everything yeah, else. I like mean, you, just you don't have know, to right? fall in line with it. And so if you're OU and that brand is as big as it is and that stadium is as incredible as it is and the history is what it is, you've got to be very careful the way you proceed. And I thought that they did an excellent job leading, setting the tone. Let's go full circle here. <laughs> we get to OU Texas. You got Marquise Hayes and Robinson out there. They're 20 pounds too fat. Like they just can't move. Creed Humphreys looks like half the player he was a year ago there has been a real impact on their lack of preparation in, in Norman, right? That's what we're looking at here. And I think that this team will be what we think, what we thought they would be coming into the season. I think that's going to happen. I think it might happen in three or four weeks is the thing. So when you evaluate them, I don't know how you guys are doing it. It's, it's way easier for me once I just let that sink into my head. Like I'm evaluating the Oklahoma Sooners in 2020, the COVID season. And when you look at, you go back to Kyler's senior season, he's got the best offensive line in the country on that team. I'm pretty damn sure Eddie and I sat in the studio one day and talked about how that offensive line's got to pick it up. That's game four. They didn't figure it out till game till Texas that year. And then they just road-graded the entire college football scene. So I think that this team is going to get there. It's just, it's just been a while. But what a win. What a fight. What a, what a foundational moment for this football team. When you find a way to have four overtimes and, and get it done, you got to give the kids credit for that much. Staying engaged, keeping in the game, staying in the fight, and winning that one. Absolutely. You know, that game was a, a pivotal point for OU football this year. I mean, if, if they lose that game, I mean, the, the confidence level, the, um, the, the uphill climb that they're going to have after that game – you know the fallout from the fans. I mean, right. it's just going to be difficult. I mean, even I don't for think anybody was ready for no. one and three going into a bye Absolutely week. Absolutely not. And you know that's the other thing is like a guy like Spencer Rattler who has been, you know, he's been at the top of the media for how many years? I mean, since he was a junior in high school, maybe sure. even a sophomore. Sure. You know, to come in and to 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 realize like, whoa, this is a big boys game. Like things happen a lot faster. Everybody's the same speed. Like this is going to take a little bit more. But I think, I really think that Texas game when he got pulled out, I think that changed his entire career. That that moment right there, he'll be a different player because of that. So I, Eddie is a recruiting guru, right? And anything I know about recruiting in 2020, I've learned from him, listening to him on the radio. And I, I think of these kids as fragile, essentially, right? You don't want to piss them off. Transfer porter's a real thing. That kid gets pulled, and I'm thinking, there's no way that you've taken your first homegrown quarterback and benched him in this game. When you consider in game two against Iowa State, if it wasn't for five drop passes, that kid is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, he's going to be good one day. So he benches, and I'm like, I'm, 
I mean, I'm like, oh my, I cannot believe he did that. Right. And then it hits you, right? It's that relationship that they have together that he was able to do that. Sure. Because Spencer Rattler left the field, and he stood right there in the sideline, and he stood next to his coach, and he watched Tanner Mordecai get out there and compete. I think he might have even had a little bit of help that Mordecai had a little bit of success, yeah, too. Absolutely. Mordecai like, looked good. Fuck, I better get this there. together. Yeah, one of the most iconic moments in my media career came after Ohio State beat Oregon in a national championship game. And you remember it was that uh, Cornell, Cardell Jones oh, yeah. who had stepped in for who was the starter that year. In, uh, at Ohio State? Haskins? Nope. Barrett. JT Barrett. Barrett yeah, so JT Barrett got he hurt. Like Cardell Jones comes in. Guy, wasn't he? Yeah, Cardell was the third string guy. Comes in and he wins Did the national championship school. game, right? JT Barrett, I'll never forget this. As the confetti falls and I'm walking out to the field, JT Barrett sat on the bench, right, head in hand. Like devastated by it, like he, your team just won a national championship, yeah. but he didn't win one. Sure. So when, that's that's football. That's what I expect out of kids today. So with the C Rattler stay engaged and stay by his coach and not go pout, throw his helmet, do whatever these kids do today, I thought was a huge growing up moment. And Wes, you called it. I mean, it's, the, the kid comes back and it's like he's refocused, he's ready to go. The success that Mordecai had, and he went out there and took what he was given. That kid's the real deal. He really right. is. And it's pretty amazing that Lincoln Riley felt confident enough in himself and their relationship to do that because kids will transfer for some bullshit today. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I don't like the shoes here. Yeah. I'm leaving. Sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Well, that's, you know, there's so much more to quarterbacking than just making the throws and calling the plays. And I don't think anybody – Sam's going to know. Wes is going to know. But when you have to be a leader. And you might be a silent leader. I wasn't a raw, raw guy, but I promise you, when I said something in the huddle, they the whole team listened. Yeah, they yeah. listened, and it was you know that's something that Spencer has to get better at because right now, just like we were talking about earlier about you know congratulating the lineman, you know his first his first thing is to look at the crowd and oh and, yeah and high five you know but then he runs and talk you know catches the guy that caught the pass you know he's got to become a more you know, a team guy of, hey, this, it, it took all of us to do this, not just one person. But I could see from his, you know, his recruiting experience, like, how do you not act that way? No, right. I, I like, you are a, a rock star in Literally. high school. Yeah. No, yeah. there's a lot to it. And he had to go through the humbling process. I mean, he got suspended for his senior season on national television, basically, right. through the Netflix series. Yeah. Uh, you look at, and it's kind of interesting, too, because you look back at 2015 with what Baker went through at Tennessee. And everybody kind of had to, I think, buy in and believe that he is going to be the guy. This guy can go into a raucous atmosphere and be able to produce. And even though it wasn't what Baker did at Neyland, it was almost on the same level just as far as because of everything in the unknown of what could have happened if you don't win that game and you go one and three. And now everybody's talking, well, this Rattler kid's not going to be the guy. Right. And you go into a bye week and then the criticism right. comes into it and negativity within the team. And not to mention you're doing it, you know, you don't have your probably your best wide receiver in Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, Chris Murray's not playing or he wasn't cleared by then yet. Uh, on the offensive line. Your offensive line is not playing well. You don't have your two best running backs. And one transferred away. The others decided to opt out. I think a lot of that has gone into what Oklahoma and why they're 2-2 and right now is because you look at them. I mean, they're without, even on the defensive side of the ball, you're without Jalen Redmond, without Ronnie Perkins. Uh, You know, you have a young secondary that, you know, even a guy like a Trey Norwood missed 28 days of practice in the preseason. Right. So, it, it is, I mean, there was a lot that went into that game, and it might have been a turning point of the season, but, I mean, for Rattler, I have to think that you develop some type of chemistry, you develop some type of confidence coming out of that game and into a bye week when maybe you can't go into a huddle now and command the presence that maybe you didn't have before you went in. Right. Yeah, and, that, you know, that another part of this story of, of this game is when uh, Mordecai came in, like, instantly, that reminded me of my story. Because sure. Nate got hurt second quarter, I came in, and like I always told myself, like if I get that opportunity, I'm not I'm not giving it back. Right. And so that was his chance, you know. And I think that everyone got to see a little bit of that quarterback competition they had in the beginning of the year or through the summer, uh, which they really didn't have much because of the COVID. But um, you know, you got to see that. But if you know, <laughs> who's to say if Mordecai don't come out? And he's on point with every one of his passes, and they're moving the ball left and right. 
Like, who's to say he's not still in there? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so, right. Uh, with with uh, 436 left in this game, <sighs> Oklahoma was up by 14 points. So, I know that Jason White and Wes Sims and Sam Mays, we're going to get that four-minute call, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give the ball to Adrian Peterson. We're going to give the ball to Tatum Bell. We're going to give it to Seymour Shaw. We're going to just absolutely annihilate you and really, in those last four minutes. And really, they could just as easily at 10 minutes. Right. Up 31, same situation. Sure. Right. And drove it. Yeah, they had five possessions from with inside their 10 lead. to across right. the 50. Three possessions. But everybody either runs out of bounds or whatever, and they only take like a minute and a half off the clock driving at 50 yards. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't understand is the, the players, uh, even watching a high school game the other night, where you, you your players got to know, like, you're up 21 points. Right. Stay in bounds. Like, just fall down. There's no point Finish in running it. out of bounds. You know, so – those are the type of things that I feel like if you've got more time to prepare through the summer, through the spring, right. I think those are the things that we're missing out on these kids' understanding of, hey, we need to take time off the clock and not – you know, we're not running out of bounds. We're not just going to save ourselves from getting a hit just right. to run out of bounds. Like, fall down, take the hit, and just be done with it. You just, you just created another – you know, 35 seconds. Yeah, you got your obvious four-minute drill and your this-is-how-we're-going-to-win-the-game-in-the-fourth-quarter four-minute drill. Right. You just don't run out of bounds, you know. You Lincoln didn't probably have his best fourth quarter either. No, I mean, he's there had was a since few he things there, but, I mean, it was a lot of little things. Like oh, yeah. He was saying. It I all mean, adds up, though. just know. It all adds you know, up. You've got a 14-point lead. You're in the fourth quarter. You've got the ball inside your 10 you got to get some time off that fucking sure, clock. Sure, Worst yeah. case scenario, you've no got doubt about to it. get a little bit off of there. No doubt about it. But even if it, yeah, that third down play you're talking about, the the reverse at 35 or the – Well, no, the pass. I like the pass. Okay, well, I see, wasn't mad about it. He's he's being ripped over this play, but – You make it, that play, the game's over. Exactly. They never the even get the ball back. I was and fine guess with. The reverse killed me. I was like, come on, man. Well, Texas is thinking the same thing. They're thinking, oh, they're going to run the ball to run the time off the clock. I I was completely fine with the pass. I mean, you have a big body like Stogner. I mean, you saw what he can do in the first overtime. Just throw it up, and it was a catchable ball. I mean, it probably wasn't the best ball in the entire world, but it was catchable. Get the NFL guy the ball. It's pretty simple. Yeah. I, I also you're playing on Friday night, and you got a Saturday guy. Get him the fucking ball. Sure, it's pretty simple. Absolutely. I, um, you know, one thing that Eddie and I will never fully understand would be what it is to play football at Oklahoma from a pressure standpoint, also, and and that that transfers to the co- you know the coaching standpoint also. Lincoln is thirty six. I think he just turned thirty seven. Thirty seven year. years old. Yeah. He's thirty seven years old. Right. He just lost to Coach Kleiman, who's got to be in his fifties or sixties at this point. Who's got seven national championships. Imagine what all of us are going to be like with twenty more years of life experience. Right? Oh yeah. And I think that when you see him, and and I will, I'm a Lincoln Riley fan. I, from on the field and off the field, he has figured out how to be a disciplinarian and a fan of his kids and all the things. He's done an excellent job. But man, does he look human! When it comes to Big 12 championship games, OU Texas games, and we go back to that, uh, sure. what was it, the Rose Bowl, Eddie, and it was yeah. like, oh boy, you know, yeah. like this is, you can see. You can go back then, though, and they have the ball in overtime with the chance to win the game. Right. What, fourth and two? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go I was standing it. right behind Coach Riley sure. when he was looking at the distance, and I just knew, like, just knowing Coach Riley, and he just seemed like that guy that I'm going to go get it. Sure. And to see him say, kick it, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Why? Right. It has to be deflating right. on the sidelines yeah. as well. It's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. like towards the end of Bob's career. You know, at yeah. the first, it, it was like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And yeah. then like there, you're going to run some play that you guys have been practicing for end, six months. It was like, ah, he's going to kick it. Yeah, Alabama know? in 03, yeah. uh, it's, we're, at, we're on our own like 30. And it's, it's third and 10. Or, or it's fourth and 10. I run off to I, – I just made a horrible pass, and I run off the sideline. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to get the phone to listen to Coach Long tell me what a shit throw that was. And he, all of a sudden, it gets really quiet. And the whole stadium's just dead quiet. And I turn around and I see Michael Thompson running with the ball. I'm like, we just ran a fake punt. Are you Some kidding? say that was the best 30. ball that was thrown on that team all year. Like Ferguson. <laughs> oh, shit. No, that was the very next pass that was a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> I remember coming off the field and everybody's like, it's a fake. And we were like, oh, shit. 
Here we, we all stopped and turned around, and I was like, if the other team would have been watching us, they would have known. Would have fake, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those deals, and we all, like, stopped, and then Michael Thompson got the ball, and we were like, oh, fuck. And we all wanted him to do so good because, yeah. fuck, he was in the worst possible situation. Sure, being Being here before that or two years before that. So I get super frustrated with listeners and fans um, and and – just their inability to understand exactly what they're watching. Like, do you know how fucking hard it is to win in college football at the level that Lincoln Riley has won? Like, do you know how fucking hard that is? I mean, that's no. a, that, that type of passion, though, is the reason why I have, I have a job. I right, mean, absolutely. I, yeah, for I get sure. it, and I'm yeah. the same way about the sports teams that, you know, whether it be the Thunder or the Cubs or yeah. whoever. Right. But there is a little bit of a disconnect with like, y'all reality and how yes. good Oklahoma's been over the last, you know, Right. 20 years at least. Wes and I lost three games. Yeah. Total. Big 12 championship and two national championships. And I get it all the time. Someone's always got something to say about those three games. Sure. Which, which I get it. I'd be pissed too. I mean, I was pissed when OU lost to Florida in 08. Right. I was pissed when they lost to LSU this last year. I get it. But at the same time, I promise you, there's nobody in this world that would have <laughs> wanted to win that game yeah. more than me or Wes. Yeah, no doubt about know, it. Or even games that you guys lost. No I mean, doubt about it. You're like Texas. I didn't beat them once. Yeah, was up by 25 points every time. Yeah, I remember that game actually. God. Every damn year, I was year. like, man, we'd be like, oh, they got them. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, then we were the fourth quarter away from playing the BCS game. Yeah. Right, little Oklahoma State that two years before that didn't even go to bowl. God. And Les Miles took us all the way. One Texas win. There were oranges underneath the seats that game. We wow. just had to beat him. We were up by 25. And Vince Young, that mother, just <laughs> couldn't stop him. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's all right. He's, he's a pretty right. good quarterback. Yeah, he was good. I mean, it's, you know, the game is in all of our hearts, right? We love sure. it, Eddie. I know that you love it. Listen oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, uh, I, I just, with this season, I am very sensitive to the fight that they had to fight off of the field. No doubt about it. So when Marquise Hayes or Robinson, which one said he was out of shape? Tyrese Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. When when Robinson says I was out of shape coming into the season, I I felt that. I'm like, bro, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're by yourself at home. You know, your coach is sending you some workouts to do. You're trying to do the very best that you can, but there's no one there pushing you. You can work out as much as possible, but there's something different when you're in the locker room or when you're when oh, you have yeah. to be like almost accountable held accountable that, every day yeah. and there's something every morning at seven yeah. or five or whatever it is right. well, you don't get that camaraderie sure. of like hey you know uh, wes and i got stories from you know when we ran the hill and everybody threw up like yeah. right. you, those are that's how you become like a team that's the thing that sucks right. about the football yep. season this year is like those guys just don't get that and i have a couple of buddies that are high school coaches like yeah we have 10 guys in the locker room at each time and or even the bus rides home from, right. you know, BFE, Oklahoma. Yeah, they're like, riding home with what, their parents. That's what you want to be a part of the sport of football is yeah. the, those bus rides or the camaraderie or whatever you want to have. Right. Yeah, yeah my fondest sucks. memories will always be things that happen off the field, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that 2001 game that we beat, beat OU, and, yeah. and we had no right winning that game. Yeah. I mean, no right. And Les Miles said to us after the game, if you've got family, because we weren't even going to a bowl, Eddie. Like, we were done. And he says, if you've got family here, you can go home with your family. Well, the whole fucking team what? from Oklahoma. So it's just me and a bunch of kids from out of state <laughs> that are on this one bus. Driving back, back up to, to Payne County. OU fans following up I-35. <laughs> middle fingers raised out of the – I mean, it was – And so we get back to Stillwater, and this is college football. There's 8,000 people that are left in Boone Pickens because the basketball team was ranked in the top five. Yeah. I just played a non-conference game or preseason game. Yeah. So they're like – they waited for you. We're like, you waited for who? Like, none of us even – like, I played two snaps. And was happy as hell when the right tackle got back in the game. Like I didn't want any part of what was going on there. So we walk out into this on the in, on, to the court and we start waving, and these people lose their mind. People are crying, right? I mean, we just won Bedlam, and we had been nothing for years, and it was just incredible emotional experience. So I get why fans are so passionate. Right? I just really wish that everybody would just pause for one second and understand how fucked up this season is and what little attention these kids have had sure even from a university that has done it as well as oklahoma has they just haven't been tended to the way that they typically are yeah and something that hasn't even been mentioned here is the other uh social issues that are going on in the in the country sure you know the thing is is that could divide a locker room in a heartbeat and i'm sure it has right you know throughout you know high schools and colleges 
but those other issues. But it's like you said, Coach Riley has stepped up and said, you know what, this is an issue, but I want these guys to know that, you know, it's not going to be an issue here because right. we're all one. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's one thing I do say that he's done a great job with. And I, I've seen guys put on there on Twitter and social media, oh, Riley just needs to go do another march or something. You know, yeah, well, shut the I mean, fuck yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. man. Like, why Those are people are always going to have an yeah. opinion about something. Yeah. And the best I was part pretty, about it is it doesn't matter what their opinion is. I was no. scared to death in that stadium in game one when Oklahoma came out in their show Unity. Right, so that Thursday night, oh, we yeah. just watched the Chiefs get booed. Yeah, get booed. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, are you, what are you booing? Like, this is not a song. No national anthem was played. They literally told you, we're going to take a second and show a show, and they booed them. So here I am in the press box, and I'm looking down, and here they line up, and I'm like, oh, my God, please don't. Right, please don't, and not one person booed. And I have never been more proud to be in that area, in that state, when not one person said a damn thing. And I think it's just that group, you just knew it wasn't going to be accepted because you just watched your coach lead this march. And Creed Humphreys is signing up his teammates to go and, and vote. Right, that's lead- I had somebody, one of our colleagues, question his leadership the other day. Well, Creed Humphreys needs to step up his leadership. Well, I said Creed's been leading all fucking summer. Yeah, I like, yeah. don't like. I, so I'm, sen- I'm. I think the word is I'm sensitive to their fight this right. season. Sure. On the on the field and off the field, right. it has just been a lot. It's and a I'm load glad for that you everybody. That. You yeah. know, it is. It has been a lot for everybody. Well, if you look around the country at the different teams, I think there's more parity this year because of COVID and the other issues. There's more parity in college football this year than there ever has no been. No doubt about right. it. And it's because there's a lot of teams on the same playing field right now because they didn't get that extra summer you know, workout. They didn't get that, that spring ball practice. And everybody's kind of on the same page. So you're seeing these top teams lose. LSU, uh, you're right. seeing these guys lose. And yeah. it's I think it's just a combination of all everything that's going on. Now, I think it's going to make it for an interesting end of the year if we get yep. to that far. But I think it'll make an interesting end of the year of who comes out on top. You know, it's going to be who grows the most over this season. Let's um, let's switch gears real quick and look at Stillwater. I try to keep these pods in it around an hour. And I know we can do this for a couple <laughs> at least. Um, and then we'll talk about what the Big 12 championship looks like. Oklahoma State undefeated. They are in control of the Big 12 at this point with wins over Tulsa, West Virginia, and Kansas. Kansas might be the worst Division One football team I've ever seen in my entire life. But that Tulsa win's looking a lot better every day. Yeah, absolutely. Every single day it is. That is a ball club. I think we all agree defense travels in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Right? Those kids looked apart. The question is offensively, it, are you buying the quarterback controversy conversation or do, are we going to let Spencer Sanders actually, you know, play the position that he was there to play? Uh, I think you've got to let him play. I mean, I've been in those shoes. Right. You know, I've been in those – don't know who's going to start the next week. Heck, after OU Texas in, in 01, Nate started the very next week. Like, you talk about a, a deflate. Like, I was riding high. I came home from OU Texas that, that game. Concrete I, hero. Oh, yeah. I had, I had beer stacked up the entire size of my door. Yeah, to this my guy duplex. came off the bench and won the game. We right. were dead. And so, but we I'm thinking, dead. I'm. I'm going to start the next week. Well, all of a sudden, they, they name Nate Hibble starter, and I was like, what the hell? Right. Like, and like you talk about – and that, that affects – I mean, even it, during a game, you pull him out because he has a bad series or maybe even you're just rotating series. It kills a quarterback. You can't get in a rhythm. Yeah, it is a – it's a difficult thing to deal with, you know, the emotional swings of these games the majority of the time. I can't even imagine, you know, just from one game to the to the next, you know, what that feels like. You're conquering hero one week, and now you're back on the bench in the next game. Like, yeah. And at the University of Oklahoma, where the camera lens is the size of the football field, everybody's looking at you, everybody's talking about you. I didn't have that in Stillwater, right, until we started winning games that we shouldn't. Yeah. And so that, that became late for me in, in, the, uh, in my career, dealing with the media and understanding what that circus could be like. But, I mean, hell, you were 18 years old when that started. Yeah. It was, and you were 18 years old when that started. Yeah. It was, it was wild. Yeah. I mean, I, watching all these guys play now and watching, you know, how we played back then, I mean, it's, it's so different. And, and especially, like, with the offseason, everything that these guys had in the offseason – and like you said, Creed, he's been a leader all year. Oh yeah. But he hasn't been a leader out like we said 
pulling sleds up that hill with trash cans on the side of it because right. people are going to throw up. Like they didn't go through that, and so they're they're they they're having to play their their self into shape. Right. And you can't get into football shape, but I mean, what Schmitty did to us, we were in some kind of shape. You can't get into football shape until you start getting hit and rolling around. Sure. But the shape that we were in was above and beyond what what you could possibly ask yourself to be in. Is that what we're looking at here with Mike Gundy in Stillwater? Is the fact that you know Mike's Mike's COVID conversation was bullshit. I mean, I'm just I, that's how I feel about it. But it did get those kids on campus, mm-hmm. and they that were there for a much longer time. Yeah. It's going to be They're really there. interesting how they come out of these. I mean, they basically haven't played for a month. Right. Yeah. And, and now they roll into a game with Iowa State in two weeks. It might be the biggest game they played all season well, outside of a championship. That's going to determine determine the Big 12 championship. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. I mean, that the, game. the team that wins that game should be one step closer, yes. I would think. I yes. mean. They both, I guess Iowa State still has Kansas, but Iowa State only has to win four games to clinch a spot right now. Right. And we'll give them a win against Kansas, so they only have to clinch, uh, win three games. Right. Are you buying Oklahoma State? You know, I, I, I hate to go by past experiences, but I've seen Oklahoma State start off on fire. Right. And it seems like as the season goes on, like there's there, there's more mistakes there's or, or or maybe the other teams are getting better I don't know but it's just like I remember one year Oklahoma State undefeated I can't remember the year went to Iowa State Thursday night game 2012 oh yeah no it's 2011 yeah 2011 11 yeah. it was like the year before I was standing right because then they won right. 2012 right yeah they win that game Big 12 champs they beat the, LSU that year yeah their national I, championship that year yeah and so PCS yeah. days but yeah. My thing is, like I said earlier, the parity is so much different now. I think that they got a chance. Right. You know, they got a chance to make it through the year. I think this off time right now is going to hurt them. That's why if I was a if I was a Mike Gundy, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to get us a game somewhere, somehow. Right. Hey, bring it, bring in uh, Bixby. Let's play Bixby. <laughs> right. You know, something. Shit, they no, they, you might not want Bixby right <laughs> no, now. Shit, those <laughs> might call Union or Jinx. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody's had a game canceled this weekend. LSU's game was canceled. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see Well, there's two games in the SEC. LSU, Florida, and uh, Vanderbilt, Missouri right now. Florida had like 29 guys hit positive. Yeah. Right. Like, stop touching Kind of like Baylor's numbers right now. Wash your damn hands. I think Jason's right as far as Oklahoma State and the time. Like, get a game. Yeah. Can you find a game? Because now now there's not even a – I would rather them be in this situation coming off of a loss. Where you have a, a bad taste in your mouth and you're motivated by the wrong things that you did, it's been rainbows and fucking sunshine Absolutely. for the last two games. So that's even worse, and it's yeah. easy to get complacent. True. It's going to be cr- uh, crucial for Mike Gundy to keep these guys level-headed because right now they're looking at the Big 12 standings. I mean, they're they're right in the right up up top. Right. So yeah. these guys are. are, are buying into all this jazz that's going on. So it's going to be crucial for Mike Gundy just to be like, hey, you guys aren't as good as you think. You know, let's keep working hard. Let's get there. So, but if that don't happen, I mean, it's going to, you know, it could be a disaster for him. Did, did I see where they're going to replay this game in December? Yeah, it's December 12th yeah. right now. So when's the, the Big 12 game. championship? It'll move to December 19th. Is there one? Yeah. It would move to December 19th, which so is kind of interesting because moving it back. at Jerry World on the weekend of December 19th is the Texas high school football playoffs, as well as uh, I think it's Cowboys play somebody. I can't remember. Surely they would I think move. they play the football team. OU, or I mean OU, Big 12 championship would be moved to Globe Life, and they would play the high school games over at Jerry World. Oh, wow. Which is just Holy insane to shit. think about. Very Big 12. Very big 12. The big 12 schemes going to be moved to Globe Life? If they play December 19th, yeah. If Where Texas they play the XFL games? Yeah. So I covered the XFL yeah. before it went defunct. Well, they say they say Globe Life. I don't know if it's the new one or the old one. It's it might be, be the, the new one. one. There's no way they're going to tear up that new field for a football mm-hmm. game. That'd be interesting. I don't even know if it can, can be configured like that. Uh, but Globe Life as a football field was freaking cool. Yeah. Like, there's just one side of the stands. Yeah. That's either here or there, but... Interesting, to say the least. All right, so we are we – is Oklahoma out, yes or no, Jason? I don't think they're out. Eddie? No. Wes? No. Still the Big 12. I mean, the expectation I is for Oklahoma to win out, right? Yeah, I agree. 
And if that happens, I mean, maybe maybe you do get a chance. The Will Howard kid starting at Kansas State now. Skylar Thompson out for the year. Iowa State's going to have to lose some games at some point. Uh, I don't know. They got their work cut out. Oh, you need. Oh, you has to get back to uh, what they've been doing. I mean, I think everybody knows that they got to be able to come out and they have a tough game coming out of the gates uh, after the bye this week. Yeah. Just a little more fifty-fifty out of our offense. Yeah, and I think that they will. I mean, you get Chris Murray back in the rotation of the offensive line. Whether he takes one of the guard spots, they're going to get Ramondre Stevenson back from suspension at some point. You hopefully get Trajan Bridges back. I thought Theo Weiss was – he's kind of like a little bit of what uh, Rattler was as far as Saturday. I think there's a little bit of growth. A little right. bit of growth yeah. out of that guy. Yeah. They need good. a lot more 10 in that offense because I don't think 14's the guy. Spencer Rattler, the next great quarterback? He has all the abilities. Yeah. I mean, he really does. I mean, he's probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks to come through Oklahoma as far as run-pass guy. Um he has all those attributes. It's just going to be, you know, him continuing to learn the offense, to know it like the back of his hands. Like, I still think he's questioning things now. If you'll watch, you know, it might it, it probably should be a, a five-step drop, and he's taking seven. Right. Instead, That's why his balls are behind. You know, those deep throws are behind because he's taking too long. The detail work, absolutely. Uh, and so those yeah. small things, that's what's going to make him one of the best to, to come through. Now, he's got to grow into that. I mean, and I think he's taking those strides. Um, and he's, you know, every good quarterback is going to have to take those losses like that. And it just so happens that all eyes are on him because of how good he was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just happened to come back-to-back -back in historically terrible yeah. weekends for Oklahoma. Well, as, as Coach Riley said, I thought this was interesting. I didn't even think about this. But in 16, they lost two back-to-back. -back, yeah. yeah. And then they ended up winning the Big 12. Came oh, back, won the Big 12, beat Auburn yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. That's right. And that was kind of the jumping-off point for what would be the next three years as far as, you know, Baker 17-18 and then It's only been 19 with the regular season. Sure. So we've won after back-to-back -back losses before. It's possible. Technically, yes. But, I mean, as, as far as what Jason was saying about Spencer, man, I mean, the kid has everything, and he's got two great possession receivers. He's sure. got Mims. And he's got Weez. Whether we're recruiting Rambo's right now, he can have five, five stars on the campus next year. Right. Yeah. At Rambo's just a home run guy. He is what he is. And we still got two receivers, arguably our best receiver who's been hurt. Sure. And the best Bridges. ones are tied in. Yeah, yeah. the best one like of all of them, the one yeah. that's of no shit for real first-round draft pick is Stokowski. That dude's he's fucking really good. unreal. It, yeah. You just got to be able to develop. And, I mean, he's going to be fine. You don't make throws that he did – whether it be the first game to uh, Weiss on the sidelines, on the west sidelines, or, you know, I thought the two third down throws that he made on the eight-minute drive against Texas. Those are – you don't make those. Tanner Mordecai, as much as I love him, and I saw him at Midway at high school, he went to the second biggest division in the state of Texas, and Midway almost won the state championship. They got right. to the finals. He can't make those throws. Now, one of the best throws I saw Spencer throw Saturday was the two-point conversion. It was. I mean – I don't if think you people watch realize that play, how hard that throw is. Oh, gosh. I mean, it, it, that he's on the run. He's moving, and the, I mean, it's perfect pass. If it's, any, if it's an inch to the inside, it's knocked down. Right. Yep. I mean, it's just one of those. It was good defense. Yeah. It's just one of those really throws that you're like, wow, that's a big-time throw. He, he reminds me of Baker. It looks like he's almost more comfortable when he's moving Absolutely. than he is when he's standing still. Yeah. yeah. Right. But he's he's got to develop into – because you can stop that. You can stop that yeah. moving as a defense. You know, you rush your ends up, up the field. That's it. Uh, but he's got to develop into a pocket guy as well. That's kind of what and, Baker and I can, had to learn the hard way in the NFL, didn't yeah. he? And that's what I had to learn because I got hurt. You right. know, I was I was the same way. I would go through one, two reads, and then I'm gone. On the move, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. uh, and then once I got hurt, I figured out like, you know what? It's a lot easier just to dump the ball over here to Keywan Jones <laughs> and let him get hit. I think you know, the only yeah. the only guy that can still do that is Kyler. Yeah, and we, and we, had to, <laughs> we had to block a second or two longer, but. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Yeah, well, I gave you chilies for that. <laughs> chilies. <laughs> that Absolutely. queso dip. I asked, so I heard the yeah, story about travels. going to Chili's before the show, and I said, there wasn't a buffet around you? And he said, no, we went to a buffet, and we lost that week. And you've never been back. Actually, you know what? We didn't lose that week. We played like shit. Okay. Yeah. And I told the guy, they were like, yeah, let's go back to Golden Corral. I was like, no. 
We played horrible. You guys gave up like four sacks. Yeah, too yeah. fat. Too <laughs> like, I'm, I'm yeah. pulling too for much. Golden Corral, and he's like, no. And I'm going like, to Chili's. All right. All right. La- last thing, and we'll get out of here. So for the first time since Lincoln Riley's gotten on campus, I've actually am paying attention to some of these coaching rumors, right? So the Atlanta Falcons need a new head coach. Vegas odds say Lincoln Riley's the favorite for the position. And typically, I would have said, go F yourself. That guy's not taking the Falcons job. But I don't think any of us can really understand what this last year has been like for him away from football. And now as the CEO slash father figure slash medical professional slash, I mean, the NFL coaches did none of that stuff. But as a college coach, you're watching your kids and you're watching somebody else's kids and you're making decisions for them as a parent. And I'm he's aged a decade. I'm sure. Yeah. No. So is this that year where he looks at his wife and his kids and he thinks, I can't do the college game anymore because of all the irons that have to be in the fire for me to be successful at this, right? COVID has really put some of these guys through the through the test. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that it's been too much or do you think it comes back? I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think Coach Riley leaves until he wins a championship. I, I, I think he sees how Coach Stoops has been taken care of how respected he is. Uh, Coach Switzer, same. I mean, he sees those things. I think he wants to also be included in that group. Uh, Now, who's to say if he wins a championship, let's just say they won a championship this year, who's to say, yeah, maybe he he steps into it. Because I think a lot of coaches, especially as you see the Arizona Cardinals continue to have success, I think you're going to see a lot of coaches go after guys like Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley, guys like that. I, I think everybody's going to try to go after him. But honestly, I mean, it, it's just like you said, with, with aging somebody, with watching your kids and, and doing all that, he, he aced that test. Right. He's built for that. The NFL's completely different. You're not the highest paid guy in that room anymore. You're taking shit off of everybody else, and it doesn't matter whose kids who at right. that point. I mean, he's got – He's a younger guy. He's got younger kids. And, and it's kind of like Bob was when we were there. The same deal. I mean, I think they're kind of lucking out with it. He's got young kids in school right there. He wants to keep them all local and keep right. all that going on. I think we got that going for us mixed in with the fact that he's a younger guy and he doesn't want somebody that may or may not be his age or older making five times what he's making, telling him what to do. Eddie? I think it's just his – in. Jason and Wes definitely summed up everything that I would say. It might be just as simple as I think he loves the game of college football and everything that goes into it. And, you know, 10, 15 years, the recruiting stuff will probably wear on him at some point. It will on anybody. But I think he loves the idea of developing young men into adults. Not only that, but just kind of the chase that you have to go through when you go recruit a kid from Corsicana or from Baltimore, Maryland, or Los Angeles, California. So I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. I think he's pretty locked in. And if you look at what they're doing in the recruiting world right now, I mean, you can call whatever you want this year as far as a rebuilding year, but they're they're building. They got guys on the way. And I think you just look at, look at uh, Saturday. I mean, the Woody Washington kid, he was the top-ranked uh, defensive back in the – or top-ranked player – in the state of Tennessee, I, like uh, I mean, Woody. those guys are like those guys Woody. are really, really good, and they're yeah. going to be really good for the next couple of years. And I think if him and Alex Grinch can just stay together, of course, you need Bill Beatenbow in the mix, Dennis Simmons, everybody else. But they're they're recruiting very elite right now, and I, I don't think it's out of the question in the 2021 class that they end up with maybe one of the best recruiting classes OU's ever put together. I want to make a bold prediction real quick. Woody's only going to be here two more years, and we haven't said that about a defensive back in a long fucking time. Right? I I, I, I don't think that you're wrong. Yeah, when was the last time you saw an OU defensive back high point a ball in the end zone? Right. Just Anywhere on the field. Andre Wolfall. When he's covering, <laughs> right. yeah. when he's covering somebody, it just looks different. And Woody Washington wasn't even alive when Andre Wolfolk yeah. was doing that. When yeah. he's running head to head, eye to eye, and got his hand on the guy's hip, yeah. just like where are we going? Yeah. That's that's a whole different ball game. David Wade who's going to be fine. Nick Benito's going to be fine. Those guys are good. Yeah. Really good. Gentlemen, 
It's been good. It's awesome. I appreciate good time. it. Former yeah, Oklahoma All-American Wes Sims, the most influential man in Oklahoma City. Thank Eddie you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Former Heisman Trophy winner. Wait a minute. I got to correct you on that. Oh. I'm not former. I'm still a Heisman winner. Yeah, Correct. That's true. Oh, this is Correct. True. I always, I always, oh. uh, I always felt. We, I mean, people want to say because yeah, we're still all Americans, but it's always the former thing. All right, current Heisman Trophy winner. How about just Heisman Trophy winner? Okay. There we go. Heisman just like I would say, go. just like I would just, say, all American Sam Mays. There it is. Okay. And former OSU football star. Great. You could say that because I, you know, took else. Yeah. I got, I got to hold a Heisman <laughs> Trophy one time. Did you get some of that? No, I've never done that. Oh. We got some Heisman's in Stillwater. I've at least one. held one. Yeah, have you? Yeah, Sam's. Right. So yeah, Eddie played with Sam. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. He's still here. Nice. He's around. Yeah. Well, Sam not too long from here. here. Not too far from here. Yeah. Heisman Trophy winner. Let's go, Sam. I mean, there you A lot. He'll. We'll be getting strokes. A lot of strokes. Good boy. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. The Sam Mays podcast is a production of P Squared Media.